tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Welcome to Newsnight. In the next 60 minutes, Ghana Police Service orders its commanders not to allow members of the ECG task force to enter any of its facilities as part of the company's revenue collection and disconnection exercise. The bypass is done in such a way that um, during the day when you get there, everything is fine. It's great. But at night, the, your meter is... When, when they, they crank up the machines, machines and actually get work. the bigger ones to, uh, to work, your meter... Where, just, the, where the real consumption is done. Exactly. We'll get to hear from the ECG boss on this particular police issue as well as his notice to members of the Association of Ghana Industries. Also tonight, the Public Interest Accountability Committee cites the Ghana National Petroleum Corporation, GMPC, for various financial infractions, including refusal to return proceeds from the Jubilee Oil Holding Limited into the Petroleum Holding Fund in its latest report for the 2022 financial year. GMPC continues to fund the construction of roads GMPC continued to use lifting proceeds of JOHL for other expenditures. Also tonight, the Ghana Journalists Association and allied institutions call for the repeal of the offence of publication of false news, which they say is being weaponized by the government and police to clamp down on free speech. Many of the world's intolerant and autocratic governments typically deal with decent and press offences by exploiting the law. Hence, our call for a repeal of these two laws. We have details as GJA and the Media Foundation for West Africa and Partners slam President Akufado's government for seeking to introduce the criminal liable law through the back door. We find it ironic that a government presided by Nana Adunanko Akufuado, who is much vaunted as a human rights and press freedom champion, is supervising the uh, solutions reintroduction of criminal libel. And in business, crude oil production declines for three consecutive years by 10%. We'll hear from the 2022 annual report by the Public Interest and Accountability Committee, PIAC, as Ghana earned in excess of $1.42 billion from the production of crude oil last year. And in sports, Juventus have 15-point deduction for illicit transfer dealings revoked, boosting the club's chances of playing in the Champions League next season. And later in the bulletin, we'll tell you how jollof rice is struggling for a place on the dining table as it becomes increasingly expensive to prepare the meal. Details of the jollof index report shortly. That's and more in this edition of News Now. You want to join us with your thoughts and comments? It's via WhatsApp on 055-11-11997. You're listening live on Facebook or myjoyonline.com or Twitter spaces. You can leave your comments there with the hashtag Newsnight. I am MFA Apau. Uh, my name is Evans Mensah. We start tonight with the uh, ECG revenue wars and let's talk about the police because we all know uh, as in the heat of the uh, disconnection exercises in the revenue collect- collection initiative uh, one of the places that the ECG found issue with was a police barracks uh, tonight uh, we've cited a, a police uh, internal uh, memo uh, ordering uh, commanders not to allow members of the ECG tax force to enter any of its facilities as part of the company's revenue collection and disconnection exercise well so this follows an 
earlier disconnection of the police barracks in Osuhia in Accra for illegal connection to the grid. Uh, well, the police has adopted a different approach to dealing with this particular situation. We've seen that copy of that internal memo and um, it's, it goes on, it's signed by uh, Mr. David Eklu uh, and it, it goes on to say that uh, this is copied for your information and action and that it, it directs all regional commanders that they should not allow any ECG officials into police facilities within their jurisdictions and that a template letter of invitation to formally invite ECG officials to undertake inspections, review of connections, rectification of irregularities and installation of bulk meters follows. And then they also goes on to, to ask divisional and district unit um, commanders that they should not en- they should ensure strict compliance and report any such case to regional command immediately for redress and that this should be treated as urgent. So that's uh, the internal memo from the police there. Uh, yesterday, the managing director of the ECG was on PMS Press, Samuel uh, Dubik Mahama, and has been speaking about the disconnections they've done. The issue with the police barracks came up, and he admitted part of the challenge was ECG's own creation. Then when will it stop? So that means you'll be saving for you for that day? And, and the police barracks? The police barracks, there is a conversation that has to be had. You know, we are partly to be blamed for the police barracks, mm. I must admit. With Ghana forces, we've streamlined the thing very well. They have a bulk meter. So the, I think it's about time and how the police barracks were set up. So I don't want to blame the police so much. Mm. Also, I want it to be a shared responsibility. Mm. We're going to have a complete conversation with the Ghana Police Service to find a way to bulk meter them so we can charge them properly. Because of how the barracks were set up, it has led to this situation, which is quite unfortunate. And uh, we would, these things happen so you can streamline. So in as much as I would want to blame them, I cannot blame them. Because I also have a, what do you call it? I have a role, I have a role to play in this. So we need to close that gap as quickly as possible so that we can move forward. So if it's a bulk meter, like the the case of the KGTR market thing too. They have a bulk meter. A bulk meter is always far away from the, the setup. So it just so to us, whatever we fed into the barracks is what we fed into the barracks, and that's our bill. Yeah. Whatever you do within the barracks is your problem. But that's what we fed into it. Ghana Armed Forces realized that that wasn't fair, so they were like, okay, the market areas have private people coming in to do business, so let's prepay mar- all the, the market st- stalls in the Burma camp, which we did. So we found a way to do a set-off before we give them their bill. Mm. So that uh, anybody doing business with the power doesn't have to, that doesn't get it for free because mm. that was what was happening and they had to pay. So that thing has been cleared. Mm. So I think it's about time we also had a similar conversation. So the police, police. The police administration is not going to get the stealing charge? Um, that's what I'm saying. Is that I, 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 I'm going to say honestly, this was something that we should have looked at years ago mm. and fixed this problem. So okay. I cannot drop the problem solely at the doorstep of the Ghana Police Service. So that's a problem. This is, so de- de- is to deal with the commercial losses yes. problem that you've been facing. And the minister gave an update on this last year when he, when he spoke on it and pulled the figure at 1.5 billion. Yeah. It, is this a 1.5 billion? I think the losses... <laughs> There's the a commercial losses, one. We'll come to the technical yeah. one, but the commercial one. The commercial 1. one should be should actually be around 1.5. But it should have it should have grown by now because the tariffs have yes, gone up. I've gone so up. if tariffs have gone up by 50 percent, maybe if you slap another 50 percent. And, and that largely is down to the all all these illegal connections. Yes. That, so that's huge. Yeah, that's very big. Is that part of the 5.7 billion? No, it's not it's part not, of okay. it. This is uncollected revenue. Yeah, this is uncollected revenue. So that's your that's of course it's also part of it because if you not collect, it's part of the commercial. Yeah, it's a collection loss. Okay. Okay. So 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 that is. What you want to reduce? What's the target to reduce the 1.5 billion? The, the immediate thing that we did was to digitalize end to end. Okay. So after digitalizing end to end, we actually could see what the problem was, and that's why we are targeting it. It is also emerging tonight that industries in Ghana have now been found out to be one of the largest breaches of the law when it comes to the issue of illegal uh, connections, creatively stealing power. The ECG has a report now detailing how to deal with that. The uh, ECG boss uh, indicates that they will be going after the uh, members of Ghanaian industry in the next phase of the operation uh, following what they have discovered to be the uh, industry's own creative way of cutting 
through the assigned meters and managing to use power without accounting for it and leading to the production of bills that are not inaccurate, that are not accurate. He says they will be dealing with this as part of the next phase. Through this exercise, we will be able to identify customers that are no longer in business, customers that have left, who have folded up years ago but are still on our accounts because proper cleanup exercise wasn't done on our, on our system for a very long time. But yeah. this is what is up. If I tell you that we still have Wahoom on our books, would you believe me? It was one of the steel companies that folded up a long oh, time I see. ago. So and they're so they are, they are still they are still on our books with their existing bills there. Meanwhile, the company has folded up. I so the, it's it's about time, and this is what this exercise is going to afford us. Mm. So we will see all of these things and then clear all of them and then have proper proper books and then the numbers. Talking about commercial losses, what about major industries uh, and commercial entities? bypassing, you know, uh, your, your meters creatively beyond what we saw, say, at, at Hillbury <laughs> on a large scale that you may not know because people you have... Know why, you know why I'm laughing, right? Tell me. It's because of what you saw me reading Of course, yeah, you have ago. a document that I'm very interested in. <laughs> so, so, you see, the truth of the matter is I'm not stopping at the fact that I am seeing the revenue or ECG is seeing the revenue. So in other words, but the fact that you are paying your bill doesn't mean that you're paying, you paying the accurate actual. bill. We are coming up with a strategy to be able to quantify these things and measure them properly. Because it has come to our notice that certain bypasses and some stealings are done at night. The bypass is done in such a way that um, during the day when you get there, everything is fine. It's great. But at night... The, your meter is when they, when they, they crank up the machines, machines and actually get work. the bigger ones to uh, to work. Your meter where, just, the, where the real consumption is done. Exactly, your meter is just bypassed. It's just dead. So, so they bypass you when they actually are consuming, and then when the it's, the consumption goes down, and then they they activate your meter. Exactly. So we That's have very creative. I, <laughs> <laughs> see, the, the thing is, right, so right now those customers we know everybody, so we are now actually going to dedicate system for them. We want to make sure that where they even pick the load from is metered. And then actually, we go drill down to make sure that there are certain mechanisms and certain things put in place to make sure that there are no hidden cables and there are no hidden bypasses in the, so that we can actually retrieve the right exact amount of money. Because sometimes you you'd actually look at how much power they've consumed if you juxtapose it to their taxes, it doesn't even make sense because they made a lot of money. You, you understand? So clearly the stealing is not even done right. Mm. He's saying he didn't use enough power. But, yet he's, he, but, yet, but he's paying a lot of taxes because his profits it's are a huge. reflection of how much you've produced. Exactly. So that's so also another power, conversation. If you don't have power, how are you producing this much? To exactly. This much so so this, this is the conversation where we have to even sit down with uh, Yoko to see economic and organized crime, to see how best they can assist us when we do these computations, because that is, that is the highest level of dishonesty mm. that you could ever see. Mm. Because you're actually using it. These are your taxes. These are your profits that you've declared. Yet look at the amount of uh, power you're claiming you used. Mm. It's, 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 it's not commensurate. Unless you can prove that you have a different source of power, which is also a different conversation, but... From now, these are all the little, little things. Let me that ask you, is at. this hypothetical or you found real evidence of we industry found, doing that? We found. Okay. We found. So, so, so that so is what informing this strategy going forward. Exactly. So you're going after industry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, look, no, I'm, not, I'm not limiting it to industry. We are going after all customers who are in the habit of stealing. Let me, let me ask you about the industry bit that you're, you're going to begin. You must have a conversation with the Ghana Association of Industries. Yes. Okay. Yeah. You intend to. We we intend to. You know. Do, do, no, no, have, we, have, you, have you told them about this? What you've discovered that some of your members are doing this. So you see. Have you informed them? We are having a conversation now. Okay. You've asked me. I'm being honest with you. So maybe some of them are hearing it here for the first time. Mm. I'm sorry. We will come back when we are ready. We will have a sit down with them. Show them what we are seeing. Why we are embarking on the exercise and why we need their support. I think one of the beautiful things is that whenever you're embarking on a certain exercise and you speak to people about it, the understanding of your situation and their welcoming of it, just as how we did before mm. we started the exercise. So um, that's something that we will do. 
before we target the whole situation and then drill down on it and make sure that we we do the right thing. You, 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 you've, I remember when I spoke to you first, you had this phrase that electricity has no political colors. <laughs> There's been this slight controversy about... And that's the chief executive, the uh, managing director of the ECG. Uh, thankfully, guess who's joining us right now is the chief executive of the Association of Ghana Industries, Setuma Kwabwa, uh, on the back of what we just had there. Mr. Setuma Kwabwa, thank you for your time here on Newsnight. Thank you, Ivan. So the MD of ECG says they are coming for industry because they found that many of your members are engaged in creative power theft. Guilty as charged? Well, um, I don't think this is something we should generalize. Um, we are not aware of it. And let me also put on record that ADS in a situation we don't condone wrongdoing. We will not accept anybody who is selling power, who is taking power illegally and not paying the right tariffs because it has effect on all the rest. If you don't pay the right tariffs, if you don't uh, discuss with ECG and, and, and you are still in power, so it, what it means is that you are becoming uh, competitive more than others, and that's unfair competition you are creating. Secondly, when you do so, you deny ECG of the right revenue uh, to be able to provide quality service to industries. And when the quality the service is poor, it affects industrial operations. So we don't condone uh, those kind of situations. But having said that, uh, until we have evidence of what he's saying, I'm not saying that I'm doubting it, but we need to have a proof to it and look at the scenario and the situation that we all analyze it together. I'm happy he mentioned that you'll be consulting us. You'll be very uh, happy to engage him and see where the challenges are and deal with it. Um, if companies, I mean, in every market segment, uh, in, in the various categories of, of, of consumers, we have the, the the residential users, we have the industries, we have the government institutions. Every uh, segment, you probably will have one or two people who are doing the wrong thing. And and it cannot be generalized and say industries are doing this. I don't think so. There are a lot of industries doing the right thing, paying the right tariffs, uh, very uh, compliant with all the issues around. So I don't think it's something we should generalize. And it's not peculiar uh, to industry. So we need to look at the specific cases and deal with it as we go along. And, and if some of your members are, are caught in this, and, and this is based on, this says, work that they've done that have proving uh, that some of the industries, you look at their turnover, you look at the taxes they're paying, and you compare to, he's comparing it to the bills they're paying, and he says that there's clear gap there. That suggests something very fishy is happening. And they've probed this further to establish that industries are operating during the day. When you go there to read a meter, the meter is actually giving you a reading. Uh, but then in the evening, they bypass the meter and that's where they crank up the, the machines. Does that sound to you as something that is, is plausible within your industry? Well, it's difficult to comprehend this because um, if industries are doing the right thing, they are operating in the right standards. Uh, I don't think I don't see why this will happen, and and it should, I don't see why it should take this long for ECG to be able to detect. So if they are not detecting, that is all well and good. It means they are becoming more efficient. But I think if they are very efficient, uh, it shouldn't take that long to to, to detect it. But the fact of uh, comparing your turnover to your electricity payment, I think that you must always look at how industries strategize to survive. Some probably will use generators. I remember in the uh, 2015s when we had serious challenges with uh, with power. It got and later on we tried to restore it. It got to a point where it was even cheaper to use a generator set than to use the grid because the grid had become so expensive. Until later on we negotiated and all that. So uh, you don't know the other forms of energy companies are using, and therefore you cannot just look at their turnover and conclude that. Uh, they, 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 are, they are not paying enough power. I think the best thing is what they are trying to do now. Check the system. Uh, indeed, go on the ground and, and be sure that there's no theft of power. If you do so and there's evidence to that, then we deal with it. But we just cannot look at the numbers and on the base of that conclude that they are selling power. So uh, we will support them if, if they are identifying uh, you know, recalcitrant people, wrongdoers, we will support them. We want ECG to survive. We want ECG to do well. 
so that they can provide the quality of service. We always complain about the fact that uh, the, the, the power loss is so much, and those losses is passed on to the consumers in the form of fire tariffs. So if we're able to take out all the losses, it will rather bring power tariffs down for everybody. So we support every effort to be efficient as uh, ECG and reduce the power cost for everybody. So, so that's what I would say. But I, I don't think it would be fair to conclude that industries are doing this. I, I don't think it would be fair because there are a lot of industries doing the right thing. One or two recalcitrant one who may have gone wrong uh, let the law deal with them. That's it. Talking about tariffs, how is industry coping with the recent increases that we saw? No, it's been tough. It's been tough. Uh, you know, we have serious challenges in the system. Tariff levels, not only at the electricity level, but also in water. It's quite tough because within a period of six months, we've had almost 50% increment in tariffs. Much as we agree that the parameters for determining the electricity levels have changed, the, the cost of fuel had gone up, the exchange rate and all that, so that it impacts on the power, uh, on the power tariffs. Uh, industries have difficulty passing on the entire cost of production to consumers. So it is really a tough, uh, a difficult situation, especially because competition is also so keen. So uh, they, they are struggling. And, and when it comes to water, it's even worse. By the adjustment, especially of the beverage industries who were put in a special category, their tariffs level were increased by about 300% until we did some advocacy and got down to about 172. It's still very high. Some have accumulated huge debt as a result of it. So uh, it's a very difficult situation. We are still discussing and negotiating with PURC to see how tariffs can come down a bit in, in subsequent uh, uh, automatic adjustment reviews. But it's a difficult situation. Cost of production is going up and industries are being compelled to downsize in order to survive. So we have a very serious situation on hand. And, and very quickly, is a struggle you talk about a reason why some members of the association or industry generally may choose then to, to bypass the meters because it's a struggle? Oh, I wouldn't say so. I wouldn't say so. I mean, if you want to survive, you don't do illegal things to survive because that could be worse uh, uh, if you are caught. If you are caught in the act, uh, you worsen your situation. So I don't think any serious uh, level-headed industry player would do that. Rather, what they would do is that if they don't have the resources to pay, they negotiate and say, can we stagger the payment? Can we spread it over a period? We've done so in the case of the water uh, uh, tariffs. Uh, the, the debt that was accumulated over the last five, six months, we have negotiated with the uh, uh, Ghana Water and it's been spread over a longer period for payment. So that's what they would do. But they won't go and sell power because they, they have a difficulty. At worst, what companies would do is to downsize or if, at worst they close down instead of doing illegalities. Illegalities, nobody, no serious business would like to do it. Um, not, I cannot buy for everybody because it's a human system. So sometimes there are a few challenges here and there, but we cannot generalize it. And I wouldn't in any way say majority. Absolutely no. A lot of the companies do the right thing. So let, let's let's look at the, the ones doing the wrong thing and, and deal with it. Setu Makwaba, thank you very much. He's the CEO of the Ghana Chamber of Industries. Announcement uh, from PM Express as well. Mr. Dubik Mahama announced that plans, there are plans to meter all distribution transformers and install bulk meters for some state institutions to address the issue of power theft and illegal connections. Because right now we are actually going to meter every single distribution transformer in, in, in the residential so, areas. So you are, you are metering the transformer? Yes. The transformer that Not the home. feed. No, you, that's for the homes you already metered. By no, but what's the purpose of that? Because it's going to be energy accounting and audit. What the transformer tells me I have fed into it compared to your meter in your home should be equal. But that's, that's bulk. He's telling you the bulk for the entire community. So, so it's not the entire community. The, what you're talking about is boundary metering. Mm. I am talking about DT metering, distribution transformer metering. For every DT, for every distribution transformer, the, there's a number of homes, homes on it. Okay. What's the maximum depending on the homes? load, you cannot, have, okay. you cannot have a flat number. It's depending on the load on okay. it. So, so it's finite. You know in this community, this transformer is serving 10 homes. Exactly, or and 20 it, homes. And it says I've distributed what? Five, 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 let's say one megawatt. One megawatt. And yet, when you go to the homes and you put the combined total, some, it's, it's what? It's less? It's, 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 it's less. It's less, okay. Or it's over, or you, you, you would find... The discrepancy. They have to now reconcile. Yes. So where, where, what's, what's accounting for the gap? So what's accounting for the gap? Now you have to visit every single home. But the meter that is not reading right, you will see immediately. 
The meter that has been tampered with, you will see immediately. Or the home that is not doing the right thing will be seen immediately. So you do not have to disturb honest customers, but you can actually drill down on the person who's stealing the power. Okay, so would this be part of that? Uh, are you given a one-month ultimatum here? When you begin that exercise, would they be part of the so the DT metering is being is the whole conversation has been done. The meet, those meters are being procured to be installed. Okay. Yeah, we so, are so going yeah, to do our best so to get that done of, yeah, the before procurement the end of the year. Yeah, yeah, we are we are doing our best mm -hmm. to get it done before the end of the. So that's the ECG. Now, coming into your neighborhood and metering your transformer. You're still live here on News Night. It's on Joy 99.7 FM. Now, tonight, the Public Interest Accountability Committee, PIAC, is unhappy with separate operations of the Ghana National Petroleum Corporation as it cites various financial infractions against the company in its latest report from the 2022 financial year. Well, among those infractions are GNPC's continuous use of proceeds from its subsidiary Jubilee Oil Holding Limited without depositing it in the Petroleum Holding Fund. Also, the committee's audits showed that GMPC continued to fund the construction of roads in the Western Corridor Enclave. Well, the committee in its 2021 report flagged these operations, but the company has refused to ratify them uh, or rectify them. We'll listen to uh, the committee chairman, uh, Professor Kwame Adumfrempong, who expressed worry over the trend. In 2022, GMPC received an amount of 38,835,537.56 as gas commodity revenue from the cash waterfall mechanism, which constitutes a petroleum revenue. Once a petroleum revenue, first of all, it should go to a petroleum holding fund, but this amount was not paid into the petroleum holding fund. GMPC continues to fund the construction of roads in the Western Corridor Enclave. This constitutes quasi-fiscal expenditure and should be the primary responsibility of the central government and not the national oil company. GMPC using Jubilee Oil Holding Limited, GOHL, to carry out operations not approved by GMPC's work plan for 2022, and we are aware all the work plans are approved by management. Two notable examples are Esproco Cash Call on Springfield, total lifting process by GOHL, that is a subsidiary of GMPC for 2022, amounted to 272,652,208.95. Despite caused by PIAC, that revenues of GOHL constitute petroleum revenue and should be paid into the petroleum holding fund, GMPC disagrees and continues to use lifting proceeds of GOHL for other expenditures. Well, PIAC wants GMPC to return the money to the petroleum holding fund. Then you have the crude oil received by GOHL to be paid into the Petroleum holding fund since it's formed part of the petroleum uh, revenue. That's Ghana Petroleum Revenue. That's what we are insisting. Once it's coming from, uh, that is exploration, uh, the lifting, then it should go first to the PHF uh, at Bank of Ghana. Naimefa, over the last few years, one of the major concerns for players in the industry is the dwindling fortunes when it comes to our oil production. Uh, Piak is also equally concerned about that. The committee noted that revenue from the country's 2022 petroleum production and sale recorded an all-time high, although production has actually reduced. And this is obviously because of the increased prices we saw on the, on the back of the Ukraine-Russian conflict. On the volume of... 71,439,585 barrels was produced in 2019, but declined to 66,926,806 barrels in 2020, and that representing 6.32%. It further declined to 55,050,391 barrels in 2021, a decline of 17.75%, and then to 51,756,481 million in the year under review, 2022, 5.98.
So averagely, when we take the average decline over the three years, there will be a 10% decrease. Total petroleum revenue in 2022 is the highest for a single year since inception of petroleum production in Ghana, with a figure of 1.43 billion. Remember, when we got there, it was 7.43, so it doubled to, that is for 2021, and now 2022 is 1.43 billion. So even though the quantities in terms of barrels, they are going down, the revenue aspect in value terms are going up. And this is the highest so far since inception or the time we started the exploration. Piak has some recommendations for government. You are saying there is a need for Ghana to speed up the sustainable, the sustainable development of its petroleum resources to reverse the decline in petroleum production through the attraction of new investors as well as early completion of ongoing projects. Number two, GRA needs to intensify its efforts in the collection of surface rental areas, particularly the amount owed by the four contractors whose petroleum agreement were terminated in 2021. In the disbursement of funds to the DACF, the District Assembly Common Fund, the Minister of Finance should comply with the decision of the Supreme Court. That is the 5% of ABFA in line with Podo and uh, another versus Attorney General in 2019. You're still listening to News Tonight. We'll go for business. When we return, well, the Ghana Journalists Association and allied institutions are calling for the repeal of the offense of publication of false news, which they say is being weaponized by the government and police to clamp down on free speech. And then much later, I will tell you how Jollof Rice is struggling for a place on the dining table as it becomes increasingly expensive to prepare the meal. Details of the Jollof Index report shortly. And Beverly is here with the latest from the world of business. Hello, Hello. Bev. Hi, MFR. Now, coming up in business, we've learnt our lessons, Finance Minister says, as he expresses government's commitment to protecting the public purse due to the current predicament. Also, for two consecutive years, Finance Ministry fails to transfer 5% of the annual budget funding amount to the District Assembly Common Fund. We'll hear from a report. Business News on Newsnight is brought to you by MTN Business. Welcome to the new world of business, Kingdom Books and Stationery, and Alliance Life. We have details after this break. When everything worth doing is scheduled, hitting the stop button on your alarm just in time for your morning jog. That happy moment listening to your baby's heartbeat at the doctor's office. On a rage virtual meeting with that big client. Buy airtime ahead of time with scheduled airtime service on MTN Momo. You can schedule your airtime purchase of any amount daily, weekly, or monthly by dialing star 170 hash option 3 and follow the process. Or simply dial star 170 star 311 hash for a superb airtime purchase experience. You enjoy 100% bonus airtime anytime you recharge yourself with MTN Momo. Keep on talking with that 100% feeling. So, what are we doing today? MTN. Son, we are so proud of you for setting up this hospital. I really love those hospital beds and waiting chairs. By the way, did you import them? No, Dad, I didn't. I actually got them from Kindle Books and Stationery right here in Ghana. Wow. We also bought our office supplies, safes, executive desks, and chairs from Kingdom, and they gave us expert advice on how to set up our office. Guys, that makes three of us. I also got our sofa and bedroom sets, plus our dining hall furniture for our new home from Kingdom. Wow, Mom, that makes four of us. I usually get my stationery items from Kingdom. And my teacher also mentioned that our classroom furniture was provided by Kingdom. So there you have it. Whenever you're thinking about setting up an office or acquiring furniture for your home, etc., Kingdom Books and Stationery should be your first point of call. With over 40 years' experience in the industry, we stock and supply a wide variety of globally sourced office and home furniture, stationery, and equipment. Visit our head office, Osu Akwaje, or our office near the Osu Stadium. We're also in Tema Community 1, opposite Olam SHF, Kumase KNUSD Campus, UCC. 
Sea, Cape Coast, and now at the Marina Mall, Airport City. Or call us 0302-764101-764209 or 7627-92. Visit our website, www.kingdomgh.com. Joy 99.7 FM. find the Lord with us and let us exalt his name together at the Joy Corporate Worship 2023. The Joy Corporate Worship is a mega gathering of corporate Ghana and all business unto the Lord in worship and supplications. With one accord and a heart of gratitude, let us all come together in worship and appreciate our God for his provision and protection even in the midst of scarcity and uncertainties. Venues at Royal House Chapel are in fear. Date is Friday 28th April 2023. Time is 6 p.m. prompt. Leading us in worship will be MOG, Celestine Donko, and other anointed ministers. Don't miss this corporate opportunity to lay it all at his feet in worship and the joy corporate worship. For further inquiries, please call 0302-216-540. Joy Corporate Worship, a corporate appreciation. See you there. My name is Beverly Broom. We settle for details now in Finance Minister Ken Oforiata has expressed government's commitment to protecting the public purse through expenditure controls and the payment of right taxes due to the current predicament facing the country. According to him, the country must spend what it earns and not the vice versa. He was speaking to my colleague George Riafi in an exclusive interview yet to be aired on PMS Press Business Edition later tonight. We are confident that we are doing the right thing, we are on the right path. Um, And the challenge really, George, is that yes, we will get our board approval, hopefully in short order, Uh, but what do we uh, as a nation learn from that? How do we ensure expenditure controls, uh, commitments to that, raise our revenue um, and ensure that um, uh, we spend um, uh, what we earn. I mean, I think those are going to be um, the issues that the country has to contend with, understanding how to protect the public purse and uh, ensuring that we all pay our taxes and we all don't waste um, government um, resources. PMS Press Business Edition airs later tonight at 9pm on the Journeys channel to make a date. Now, for two consecutive years, the Finance Ministry has not been able to meet the requirement to transfer 5% of the annual budget funding amount to the District Assembly Common Fund. That's according to the 2022 Public Interest and Accountability Committee committee's annual report. Now, this is contrary to the decision of the Supreme Court in 2019. PIAC therefore warns Ken Furiata to comply with the decision of the Supreme Court in the disbursement of funds to the District Assembly Common Fund. Now, Societe General is committed to investing 5 million cities towards the expansion of operations of women in small and medium enterprises. According to its managing director, Hakim Uzani, his outfit is poised to promote increased access to finance for women-owned businesses across the country. Speaking to Joy Business at the SG Women Business Seminar, he said the move would drive growth across all sectors. We at SG Ghana, uh, we are working hard to promote women, not only internally within our bank, but only with our customers. So we are doing this event as a capacity building information and also to uh, to be in contact with women entrepreneurs, to hear from, to understand their businesses, to understand their stories, to understand their challenges. And because we are working towards the SG women products in the bank to support, to support women entrepreneurs, but to support them, we need to understand their business. We need to understand their challenge. We need to build something which makes sense for them and for us. Hakim Uzani is the managing director for SG Bank Ghana. Now, telecommunications giant MTN Ghana has donated cash and some assorted items to the national chief imam, His Eminence Sheikh Usman Nuhu Sharabutu, as Muslim communities prepare to mark this year's Idofitur celebration. The action is intended to support the chief imam in carrying out his social and spiritual duties during the holy month of Ramadan. Mohammed Abubakar is general manager for regional sales at MTN Ghana. Our donations across the country also goes to affirm 
our appreciation to your support, patronage, and loyalty to MTN. We would like to use this opportunity to urge our customers who need to register their SIM cards and who have not done so. Now the NIA has released that they have released a lot of cards across. So if you receive yours, do well to go and register your SIM card. General Manager for uh, MTN Regional Sales at uh, MTN Ghana, ending the joy business news on Newsnight. The news is brought to you by MTN Business. Welcome to the new world of business, Kingdom Books and Stationery and Alliance Life. Thank you very much, Beverly, uh, for this, uh, the latest from the world of business. Well, Evans, uh, on the ECG, there are some messages, and uh, this one is asking, when will ECG go after media organizations? I want to know. And then this one, exactly. And this one from Citizen uh, Sikatogo from East Ligon, it says it's quite disingenuous and bizarre that the government is toying with this. Okay, well, this is um, a very long one that uh, we can go through. A number of the messages, well, I'll sort them out shortly so we go through it. But before then, uh, since you're talking about media maybe we should talk about the ghana journalists association and tonight uh, the association and its partners are demanding the immediate repeal of the offense of publication of false news and section 74 of the electronic communications act according to president of the gja albert jumfo the government and police have weaponized these two laws to abuse press freedom and right to free speech in the face of the increasing use of this law to target critical journalists under President Ekufuadu's regime, we may well ask the question, what has changed? What has changed? And once again, what has changed? We recognize that the media and journalists can sometimes be reckless and unprofessional to the extent of publishing false and defamatory stories. Fortunately, the laws of the country provide aggrieved entities with remedies for civil actions against citizens, journalists, and media organizations. It is regrettable, therefore, that repressive actions of the Electronic Communications Act and the Criminal and Other Offenses Act, 1960, Act 2-9, are being weaponized to muzzle free speech under the Ecuador regime. It may be argued that the arrests and persecutions are being in accordance with the law. It is equally true that the victims of the SWAR criminal libel law were also dealt which in line with the law. Indeed, many of the world's intolerant and autocratic governments typically deal with decent and press offenses by exploiting the law. Hence, our call for a repeal of these two laws. Kweku Asante, uh, my colleague, was there for us at this press conference, joins us now on the telephone line. Kweku, what's the trigger for this call? So, Noah Dame, a journalist with Radio Ada, was arrested a few weeks ago upon a complaint by someone to the effect that he had made a post on Facebook um, indicting or alleging that the, the, the entrepreneur, McDan, was involved in some criminal activity of a sort. Someone did complain to the police. He was arrested, he was put before court, and then eventually he was remanded in custody. The GGA and the Media Foundation for West Africa says that is unacceptable. And what's the suggestion that there is an attempt to reintroduce the criminal libel law? Indeed, we know that during President Kufado's time as Attorney General, he led efforts to repeal the then criminal libel law from Ghana statutes. They say that since President Kufado came into office, there's been a specific pattern of the police arresting persons and charging them with the offense of publication of false news, as well as using the Electronic Communications Act, the Section 74, which deals with publishing of um, false materials, among others, to harass journalists and also to stifle free speech. It is their contention that this government is seeking to introduce the criminal libel law through the back door. We find it ironic that a government presided by Nana Adunanko Kufado, who is much vaunted as a human rights and press freedom champion, is supervising the uh, solutions reintroduction of criminal libel through the use of the above-mentioned criminal act or criminal laws, through the use of the above-mentioned criminal laws. Indeed, the repression of press freedom of expression using the law on false publication likely to cause fear and panic undercuts the publicly expressed view of President Ekufado. Speaking on the topic, at lowering criminal libel acts,
and Kweku, they, they, they also share concern that if this is not dealt with, you're going to have a reputation international scene sullied even more. But about the last few years, Ghana's um, positioning on various international press freedom rankings have dropped significantly. They are concerned that the new rankings that will be coming in the next few months will not also improve Ghana's rating because of some of these incidents. Have dropped from 30th position in 20, 2021 to 60th in 2022, the worst ranking in 20 years. We are also much aware that the recent detention of Noadami has been picked by the reporters with our bodies. And that may consequently affect our ranking in the coming days before the WordPress Freedom the International Day is observed. The violations that have been recorded in Ghana over the past year give cause for pessimism regarding the country's performance in the next ranking. It is obvious that our press freedom environment is, de is deteriorating and that the abuse of the two controversial laws has contributed massively to the deterioration. There have been earlier concerns expressed by the GGA about um, the refusal of the police service to give information to journalists. We'll hear from Albert Junfo on this, but first, here's a report by Joy News editor Fifi Kumsinga on the matter. The media has a big responsibility to, among others, educate and inform. But the new police media blackout in the regions and districts of the country, following the assumption of office of IGP George Akufudampari, threatens this mandate. This has a very serious potential on um, giving room for speculations and misinformation. Whenever a story breaks anywhere in the country, the police in those jurisdictions would direct journalists to the Central Police Communication Center here in Accra for comment. And on many occasions, when the journalists do, they get no answers. Almost every one of these newsmen and women has a story about how this decision by the police is affecting their work in the relay of information to Ghanaians. Recently, there was a criminal case in one of our neighboring towns, Okrasi, and my outfit tried to authenticate and uh, uh, get facts and some clarification from our regional police command. Sadly enough, uh, we were told to contact the national headquarters. But how can one central communication center handle requests from 16 regions and 216 districts, municipalities, and metropolitan assemblies. Why would the police shut its commanders in the region's app, the people who have first-hand information, and rather rely on communication officers who only have secondary data? Well, the GJA president is demanding that this change immediately. Uh, as, a, as a state institution, you can't keep information to your chest. Like we are all condemning the NCA for not being transparent with ownership, we still entreat the police to do better. Even though it's a security agency, they should know that they are working with the public, they work for the state, and they are responsible to the public. And I will use your platform. I have said this. We indicated it in our earlier statement that, look, the police should change their style because, especially when it comes to the regions and the community, information flow is not going down. You cannot, if you think that, if you think that the information is not needed, why issue a one, a one, should I say, a, a, a one leave statement? If you think information flow is not good and you think that there's no need, you don't owe the media any information, why is it that whenever you start a case, you issue a statement? Is the statement meant for, for the police or meant for the public? So the same public is asking that you change your style and start and start confronting your responsibility by letting the public know the, what the work you are doing, investigations you are doing on some uh, national matters of national interest and all that. I believe that this is the right call. Albert Jumfo is the GJA president. Time for sports uh, now and Musbao is here uh, with the very latest. Hello, Madan. Yes, uh, hello, MFR. Well, Champions League, of course, is over and we know Real Madrid, Manchester City, AC Milan and Inter Milan are through to the semifinals and uh, waiting for those games in the Europa League. Manchester United are in action tonight against Sevilla. They'll be hoping to make it to the semifinals after a 2-2 draw at Old 
uh, at Old Trafford there. But it's Juventus who are in the news at the moment because they've had 15-point penalty, which was handed to them over transfer dealings, illicit transfer dealings, reversed. Now, Italy's high highest sporting court says that the case should be re-examined after Juventus were accused of fixing balance sheets by artificial gains from transfers. Uh, the lifting of the point deduction means Juventus move up from 7th to 3rd in the Serie A table. Rather than Juve being cleared, the case will now return to Italian Football Federation Appeals Court, the body which gave the initial punishment. And as a result of the decision, with eight games to go in the season, AC Milan are knocked out of the Champions League places, while Roma dropped to fourth. And uh, we also understand that the former Juve Sporting Director, who was one of the 11 directors of the club, um, either former or still in place at the time of the ruling, uh, were sanctioned. And um, well, So, Ivan, this is a very interesting you know, incident happening in Italy. Juve suffered 15-point deduction because of some illicit transfer dealings that they were accused of having been engaged in between 2019 to 2021. And um, the football governing body gave them that deduction, but they appealed the decision. And today in court, the judge said that uh, that 15-point deduction should be set aside so that the matter can be re-looked at. So now Juve, who were lying seventh, are now lying third on the Serie A table. What it means is that AC Milan are now out of the Champions League places. AS Roma, who were third, are now fourth. And is now getting ever interesting in Serie A as to who qualifies to the Champions League. That is interesting. And, and Juve is in the Europa League. Yes. Uh, possibly we might play them. Um, yeah, yeah, them, yeah, yeah playing sports in Lisbon. So, yeah, uh, definitely boosting your sale. Yeah. Uh, we'll see how this pans out. Yeah, interesting. And just uh, before I go, GFA have uh, come up with a very interesting initiative called the GFA Foundation. And they say they want to use that very charity wink of the association to contribute to national development. And the first uh, activity they've done is to give former under 20 Black Star, Black Starlet coach, Celestete, 50,000 Ghana cities. And they say they want to do more and help the country benefits from the impact of sports in the country. Thank you very much. And we're looking forward to that game uh, later tonight and how uh, Juventus manages to turn this around after a season of turmoil. You're still listening to News Nighters on Joy 99.7 FM. And you can uh, share your thoughts uh, with us here on News Nighters on Joy 99.7 FM. Now, the fate of Collins Nyama remains uncertain. As a board of the Ghana Water Company has yet to make a decision, the board was scheduled to meet earlier today to decide on his nomination after President Akufuado appointed him Deputy Managing Director. But the meeting at the head office failed to come off when a United Senior Engineer staff of the company set out in protest to fiercely reject his, his nomination. Apart from describing him as disqualified, they also say the company's financial challenges doesn't make it prudent to hire him. My colleague, my missing Mr. Thompson, has more in this report. The anger of workers accumulated since the announcement of Collins Nyama's nomination for the deputy managing director position was poured out in protest this morning at the head office of Ghana Water Company. It started with a giant banner at the entrance with the inscription, an unqualified deputy managing director, finance and administration, an insult to the workforce of the Ghana Water Company Limited. Armed with placards with various inscriptions, the message was clear that the workers simply did not want Collins Nyama to set foot in the company. We believe it's a position that should be filled with people with both the technical and institutional knowledge of our operations. We also believe that the technical people would also help the managing director, who is a political appointment, to do his work appropriately. We also want to state that the profile of the purported nominee indicates that he lacks the requisite professional qualification to be a deputy managing director, FNA. They cited various reasons for their rejection, including that 
he wasn't qualified for the position and that it wasn't financially prudent for the company to hire from outside when there were many qualified personnel within. First national trustee of the Public Utilities Workers Union, Samuel Amunkakaba, in a petition urged the board members to reject him. By this, we want to encourage growth and succession planning in our institutions. So we, are, we, are, we want to entreat and encourage the appointing authority to also consider that. With this, we want to state that the appointing authority should reconsider the decision of the nominee. The Ghana Water Company Limited Board has deliberated on the nominee, but it is unclear what the fate of Collins Nyama is. And this is live here on Newsnight. It's on Joy 99.7 FM. And I want to return to that explosive uh, story from that leaked document that we've cited over the last few days, altered by the former Environment Minister, Professor Frimpon Boateng. He had details of this on Top Story on the day when the Deputy Minister for Lands and Natural Resources uh, broke silence on this matter and gave us details as far as the uh, Ministry's own reaction to it is concerned. That document is now being reviewed by the Ministry. In that particular document, Professor Frimpon Boateng uh, named a host of government officials that he accuses of active involvement in illegal mining or galamse. He also accused some MPs who were also neck deep in the act. One of the MPs in question is Joseph Albert Kwam. Uh, he is the former MP for uh, Manson Kwanta and he has been accused in this document as one of those individuals who use his position on the Minerals Commission's board to also exploit was already happening and i want to quote to you what that particular part of the document says it says it is on record that activities of some senior members of the mpp accounted for the anger at the community levels the honorable joseph albert kwam the member of parliament uh, for mansoon quanta former member of parliament amplifies such individuals that this is a member of parliament uh, in Ashanti region, at the same time member of the Board of Minerals Commission. He uses position as a member of the Minerals Commission to acquire several dozens of large-scale concessions in his district. Ostensibly for community mining purposes, he ended up selling these concessions to private individuals, including party members for 200,000 CDs per concession. This infuriated the party in the constituency. So during the 2020 primaries to select a candidate, the electorate voted against Honorable Kwam. Thankfully, uh, he had uh, called and said he would speak to it. Um, his name was not mentioned by us, but I'm pretty sure that he has seen the document and he wants to respond. Um, Mr. Kwam, thanks for your time here on Newsnight. Uh, good evening, my brother. Great to have you. So Let me use this opportunity to uh, uh, greet your cherished listeners. I, I'm, I'm assuming that you've read the document and, and for which reason you wanted to uh, clear the air on this. What's your reaction to that paragraph that refers to you? Uh, my brother, let me first and foremost ask you this question. Has Professor Pranfong Watson accepted that this document is from his end? Yes, he has. Okay. Go ahead. And the ministry, just by the way, has also confirmed tonight that this is something they are reviewing, but they want the squeaky guys to deal with it. So what's your reaction to the part that refers to you? True that you use your position, bought lands, and sold it out for 200,000 cities to party folks? My brother, how can this be possible? He claimed that I, I, I have acquired 12 dozen, 12 dozen in 12. 12 life skill concessions in my district. How possible? I do not even have a single concession. I don't even have a concession in my name. My brother, if he claims that I have dozens of concessions, that means 12, 24, 144, he must come out with a document that bears my name, a concession document that bears my name. Why is it going this way? Do you have any concessions at all that you have sold My brother, to others? I don't have one. I don't. You can go to the uh, 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 Minerals Commission to check. 
you, you, you are a media, a media general, right? You can yes, just do your own investigation for minerals commission. Do you have... To find out if indeed I have a concession. Do you have any proxy owning a concession on your behalf? No. I don't. Did you sell any concessions to My party brother, folks? The question is, once I don't have one, what powers can I have to sell a concession to anyone? Did you sell somebody's concession using your position? Not at all. So you say that this report that uh, from Pombateng compiled, as far, as far as it has to do with you, is a fabrication? It's a fabrication. At this crucial moment, I would challenge him to come with documents bearing my name, concise documents bearing my name. If he's not able to prove that, then I will consider the document to be bogus. What do you plan to do about this? I think Bate is a, is a member of your own government, my your brother, party uh, colleague as well. I will let my lawyers write to him to retract and apologize. If he doesn't do it, I will advise myself. Thank you. Thank you very much, sir. Uh, that is uh, Joseph Albert Kwam. He is a former MP for Manso in Quanta. And that's it for Newsnight tonight. At least now we are getting some clarity uh, from many of those who have been mentioned in this particular report. And just before we go, I'm sure we've been talking about Jollof all night and how uh, expensive it's become. Uh, you have a, a copy. Um, mm. My colleague, Kofiye has a copy of that uh, Jollof Index report and joins us briefly. What is it saying? Well, so if I to prepare Jollof rice for an average of um, family size of five, you need about 280 CDs as of March 2022. And this as a result of high food prices and mothers who were sampled said the dish was so expensive that they now you know prepare the dish only on special occasions okay there's more on that on my joyonline.com i don't know the last time you ate jollof evans do you remember uh over the weekend oh okay how much yeah, did it, it cost free <laughs> <laughs> and that's how we wrap up uh, the news night for this week we have personality profile coming up next the dr kwame Ajiman Bwachi Dankwa, forensic psychologist, joins us um, for personality profile with Lexus Bill. Please stay.